Hello and welcome again to the DDP. I'm Paul White and it's the 12th day of May. Today we're in Mark chapter 9 and we move on to verse 30. We've spent the last few days lingering there in that this kind comes out by nothing but prayer uh, and, and fasting. And we've talked all about that. Let's leave that for now and move to verse 30. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee and he did not want anyone to know it. This is not unusual. Jesus has been telling people for the entire narrative of Mark, don't tell anybody what just happened. In fact, we just come off transfiguration and Jesus told the Peter, James, and John, the three disciples that went to the top of the mountain with him, not to tell anybody about what they had heard or what they had seen. In fact, he said way back in verse 9, to not tell anyone what they had seen until he rises from the dead. And they kept that word in themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. Okay, so they don't, and we talked about this a few days ago, but I'm bringing it up because it's important. It's relevant to what we're about to read. They're still not sure what this rising from the dead is because resurrection was an end of the world event to them. They thought that Elijah would come first and then there would be a general resurrection. Jesus just told them Elijah is did come. He's John the Baptist. And so they're kind of confused as to what's about to happen, but they're still locked in on Jesus as the Son of Man, the one who rides on the clouds, receives a kingdom from the Ancient of Days. This is Daniel 7 talk. They're convinced that's Jesus and that they are with him as the select chosen few. That leads to the next two verses, verses 31 and 32. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man, there's that phrase, is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. Now that seems pretty straightforward, right? Well, if you assume, as they do, that Jesus is this Son of Man character, the problem lies in the fact that the son, they don't have any evidence that the Son of Man is going to die. They don't see the, the one who rides on the clouds and stands before the Ancient of Days and receives a kingdom that has no end. They don't know how he could receive a kingdom that has no end if he's going to die. That doesn't make sense to them. So they know that they're misunderstanding something. What they are convinced of is that Jesus is that Son of Man. So they figure what they're misunderstanding is the resurrection. That leads to verse 32. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. So they don't understand the saying, which confirms verse 10, where they didn't know what the rising from the dead meant. Now, this is tough for us because we look back on this from 2,000 years and we say, what's the big deal? Jesus went to the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Yes, it's a miracle. It's world-changing. But why is it so hard for them to understand that this would happen? That's, if you think of it, when you say it that way, it, even, it sounds kind of silly to, to jump them. Because how many people do you know that's risen from the dead? And how many people have said to you, I'm gonna, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to come back? You would just be like, okay, i got to be misunderstanding something. You know, you know, just First of all, you predict your own death by by murder and then you claim you're going to come back okay I don't get it I don't want to get it I don't want to get into it now, I don't I'm not trying to read what they were thinking 
I'm just going with Mark. What Mark gives me is twice in the same chapter that they don't understand. So they don't. They question what the rising meant in verse ten. They don't understand the saying in verse thirty-two. So Mark wants you to know they didn't get it. He doesn't tell us everything in their mind. He's about to tell us something in their mind. And I want to go ahead and read ahead today, even though we're not going to cover it. I want to read ahead a couple verses because I think that as the story unfolds, you get a little bit better idea of why they're confused. Let's read the next two verses, 33, 34. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road... They had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Now, we're going to talk about this, and we'll really start to dig into this tomorrow. But I want to connect this with this previous story, because they've been arguing about who will be the greatest. Why aren't they arguing about the resurrection? That's what's confused them. They don't understand this whole resurrection bit. The fact that they're discussing among themselves who will be the greatest tells me that they actually don't believe what Jesus said about this dying and coming back. They're still trying to figure out who gets to be the top dog when we get to Jerusalem and Jesus overthrows the Romans. And this whole thing begins because we're following the Ancient of Days. And when the Ancient of Days stand... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me reset it. We're following the Son of Man. And when the Son of Man stands before the Ancient of Days, which is about to happen, God's going to give him the kingdoms of this earth. And I don't know what that looks like, but I want to be on his right hand and on his left. And so we want to be great in this. Do what, what role do we get to play when this happens? It tells me that they are thinking of Jesus in terms of natural victory, victory that they can quantify through human understanding, which would be military victory, political victory, an overwhelming bloodshed victory. And they think they're following the right guy. This is, will show you a little bit why, how the disciples scatter like cockroaches when the light comes on here in a few hours. Because they have this moment, and I personally think that moment really begins in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus tells Peter to put his sword up and he doesn't fight back. I think there's a moment where they all go, oh no, we followed the wrong guy. Because we thought we'd found the one In fact, remember what the disciples say on the road to Emmaus to Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus. They're talking to a quote-unquote stranger. And he goes, why are you so sad? And they go, haven't you heard what happened this week? Haven't you heard what happened? They killed Jesus, whom we thought would be the one who would redeem Israel. There's a real overwhelming, dark sense of disappointment. And it's not just that he's dead. It's that he's dead and he didn't live up to the expectations that we had of him. And so I don't think they understand, they don't misunderstand the concept of resurrection. They just can't understand how Jesus can be the Son of Man and die. And it, you know what, there's, it's really, and I may, I'm being a, maybe a little too, too deep here, but we are called the Deeper Daily Podcast. In a way, we're kind of this way now, like... We don't see how Jesus wins by dying. 
And so we, we think that the best way to respond in the world is to somehow be victorious. And it's why we're trying to take over stuff because we think that's the way God's going to win. And we need more than ever to pay attention to Jesus. Okay, we're going to dig into the who's the greatest stuff tomorrow. And we'll tell you about the sermon you can expect on Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.